Ogumba Wale for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Happy Monday and welcome to Locked On Women's Basketball. This is Gabe Ibrahim, an analyst, women's basketball analyst for Her Hoop Stats and guy who yells on Twitter a lot, alongside Amy Audibert, our resident gym rat, the former Miami Hurricanes center basketball commentator galore you can hear her talking about the g league the WNBA, hopefully some women's basketball coming up in in the near future uh and we're here to talk about the pac 12 potentially the best conference in women's basketball this season they have four teams in the ap top 10 this season so we're really excited to talk i'm really excited to talk about them are you really excited to talk about them amy yeah, I mean, listen, us East Coasters, we don't always pay attention to the West yeah. Coast, right? Just the time difference. There's a lot of things. I think, I think like the the latest like push with Oregon really kind of mm-hmm. um, opened up a lot the average fans' eyes. But yeah, Gabe, like diving into this conference, uh, they are so good, and it is tough if you are not in the top half of this conference um, to yes. win ballgames. <laughs> yeah, no, it's gonna. It, it, it. We talked about the SEC last week unlocked on women's basketball and it's just going to be I think it's gonna be a battle all year between these two conferences to see who's the best and obviously it doesn't really matter who's the best conference it matters who's the best team at the end of it but you look at the SEC and you kind of have a deeper list of teams whereas in the Pac-12 there really is you know five teams here who can all hypothetically compete for a title you have in the AP top 10 you have uh, Stanford at number two, Arizona at number seven, UCLA at number nine, Oregon at 10, and Oregon State at 18. Um, all five of those teams have maybe had a little bit more separation with, with the rest of the pack. Am I, am I getting that right? Yeah, I mean, listen, I'd say Arizona State's knocking on the door okay. um, to get in the top 25 at some point. And I also think uh, well, USC was looking good. They've, they've hit a bit of a, a rough patch here with um, – you know, being out for two weeks, they had to take two weeks off. So they just yeah. got to start practicing again. Um, it would have been last Wednesday. Um, so that's tough, right, right. before the season starts. Um, but this is the way the season's going to go, right? We're going to yeah. we're gonna see teams have to take two weeks off. And it, if we know anything about this virus, it doesn't matter if you're number one in the country or you're number 300 in the country. Um, it, it doesn't care. And, and yep. so um, wishing all the best as we are now, what, five days from tip off or well, this airs on Monday. So we're, yeah. we're, we're about to you from days. the past, by the way, we're, recording this <laughs> we're, on Friday. Basically, we're basically tipping off. Um, yeah. And uh, so best wishes to all the team, but you know, as to your point, I think USC and Arizona state also knocking on the door. I think uh, the top, top half of this conference now that, Sabrina's gone and now that her cast is is gradual as top three players like mm-hmm. I do think that other teams are like all right it's our time you know like let's go and I think that's why you see Ari McDonald come back right yeah. like she wants to go she wants to get there however of course the Cardinal uh, are looking pretty fantastic right now so I'm yeah, really does, excited to see yeah it does feel just like you know just like the the seas are are opening for other teams yeah. because you know in the past three seasons Oregon has won the regular season title and two conference tournament titles in that time because of 
Sabrina Nasu, Satu Sabala, Ruthie Hebert, all three of those players going in the first round of the WNBA draft and then going on to have tremendous rookie seasons um, in the WNBA. So we all know how talented they were. Uh, but it seems like, you know, the, a lot of people are, are believing that Oregon can kind of keep it going here with Kelly Graves. Um, I know Calvin Wetzel thinks like this is the year that Kelly Graves is going to prove that he's an elite coach. Um, I know Christy Winter-Scott, who I host a podcast with, uh, she ranked Oregon number three in her – or number three or number two in her AP Top 25. So there's – is is that just being um, optimistic, or do you think there's something to Oregon kind of keeping keeping their run going? Well, so first of all, Kelly Graves, I absolutely love him. I think he is right. a fantastic coach. I think he's so fun to listen to talk. Um 31 plus wins in the last three seasons. So, uh, but yeah, listen, yeah, here's the thing. When you were that dominant and you were that good and let's not like also just, I don't want to suppress the the whole thing that Oregon has been on our TV. They are flashy. They, everyone wants to at least get a call from, from the ducks. Right. Mm -hmm. Sabrina changed, I think a lot. And so when you look at, this conference they have eight mcdonald all-american rookies oregon's got five <laughs> of them this year so they're bringing yeah. in the number one recruiting class in the country and so to your point about just kind of having the opportunity to showcase yourself as a coach i agree because you've got the talent they're just really young right and the consensus across the board whether you talk to coaches experienced players, sophomores, is there to tell you that nothing prepares you for that Pac-12 play because mm-hmm. it is so difficult. And so I'm really excited to see this class. He's got eight players over 6'2", so he's got tremendous size on his roster. And so now it's going to be, like you said, um, an opportunity to for Coach and his staff um, to show how quickly they can groom this young team Unfortunately, it is in the middle now, again, of, the, of all this unknown. Um, right. And so even Coach Graves has said, like, they are teaching as much as they can up front because they want to get in as much as they can while they have their players mm-hmm. and while they have some sort of a schedule and a plan. Uh, so, I'm, and, and, of course, like Aaron Boyley's kind of their redshirt senior yep. uh, transfer from Notre Dame a while back, and they get Sedona Prince, a 6'7" transfer from Texas and her story's crazy because she broke her leg before her freshman year at Texas while she was playing for um, the U18s, a team USA. This is a national player who's played U16, U17, U18. Mm-hmm. She actually hasn't played college basketball yet. That's so uh, at six foot seven. And then of course, to me, the, the big story here, Satu's younger sister, mm-hmm. Nayara, has, an, has also two seasons with knee injuries now. And so he is getting, obviously, the star-studded elite recruiting class, but then he's also getting some players who are a little bit older, a little bit mature, been around the program, but just haven't been able to get their feet on the court, put a jersey on in a game situation. So that's why I think they are still getting the votes and the notoriety in the preseason because he has proven that he can win ballgames. Well, I think, you know, what's interesting is that so Stanford is at the top of the of on the nation. They're the second ranked team in the country right now, um, picked to win the the Pac-12. And I think a lot of the same things kind of apply to them. Like 
yes, Kiana Williams, who's a senior, is going to lead this team. She's tremendous. She's number 12 on Ben, on ben Dahl's uh, preseason top 25 WNBA draft board. Um, but when you look at the team, it's still really young. Like, you, you have uh, six five-star recruits in the past two years. So that's Haley Jones, Hannah Jump. Hannah Jump's an amazing name. I just want to say that. Ashton uh, Pretzel, uh, Francesca Belby, Cameron Brink, who is the number two recruit, I believe, this season, and uh, Jonna Van Gintenbeek. Um, all those players are five-star recruits, but they're all freshmen and sophomores. And then you're looking at uh, the situation this year is going to be so interesting because so interesting and, and a little sad, right? Cause we're still dealing with COVID. So a lot of this comes down to your senior leadership in terms of, you know, keeping the mental of the, of these teams strong through whatever's going to happen. Cause things are going to happen. Things are going to go wrong. Um, and making sure people are on protocol to, to keep the season going. And I think we're, we're asking a lot of these seniors and for Oregon, it's seniors coming into the program and for Stanford, it's, seniors that have been with this program to, to be leaders more so off the court than they usually are. Um, the other interesting wrinkle for Stanford is like they came back to school later than everyone else because they have a quarter system. So they came back to school about two weeks later. Um, so they couldn't, they couldn't work out inside for much of the summer either because of the local restrictions. So they were working out on like a tennis court and lifting there and doing agility training on a tennis court outside and they didn't get into their gym until last month. So I'm really interested to see what, what Stanford looks like at the beginning of the year versus what they look like at the end of the year. Um, yeah. I think a lot of that's going to come down to, sure, you know, the development of these really, these really talented young players, but also their senior leadership. Yeah, yeah Keanu Williams is going to be huge. But they do return 84% of their scoring. So yeah, they're yeah. super young, no, they but do. a lot of points. I mean, I think the other young lady that we really got to pay attention to is, is a um, sophomore Haley Jones. Uh, she yeah. was a three time PAC 12 freshman of the week last year. And then she had a season ending ending injury mm-hmm. in January. And so she never really got to got to get going and then all of a sudden done. So right. I think she's going to come back with, um, I don't like to say chip on her shoulder, but something to prove, right? Excited, um, hungry to be back. Lexi Hall, of course, another junior, averaged 14 and six last season. Uh, and we really can't, cannot ignore the fact that T- Tara Vanderveer is, exactly. Tara, sorry, Tara Vanderveer is four wins away from tying Pat Summit as the all time winningest college coach with 1,098 wins. Mm-hmm. And sure that is there. absolutely, that's incredible. That's history. Uh, coach Tara is, is one of our greatest, and she's still out there doing it. And so if, if anything, um, please, if you're listening, just watch games and, and watch her and her mastery and, you know, her play calls and the way that, because she's one of the, she is, she, she's going to have the greatest, she's going to get five wins, you know, yeah, she's, gonna... she's going to be our, our and it's, um, we all, we all know, um, I know Pat Summit for me growing up, like that's the coach that I read the books and my, you know what I mean? And it just like really kind of like, I think intrigued me or allowed me to embrace my competitive somewhat sometimes sounds a little crazy mind, you know? And, and and so, and here you have, here you have coach who's going to, to get that record. And I'm, I'm 
I'm excited. And I'm also, I don't take it for granted that, that we get to watch this. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and this for, for Vanderveer, like this is getting back to where she thinks this program should be. Right. So from yeah. 2001 to 2014, they won 14 straight regular season conference titles yeah, and 10 conference tournament titles. So like this is Stanford expects to win this conference, um, but they have a ton of competition and we'll get into some of the players to watch who are going to provide that competition to Stanford. And then we'll get into our lightning round in our third segment here on locked on women's basketball. But first we're going to tell you about built bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Did you know that, Amy? Best tasting protein bar ever. So when you're in line at the grocery store and you're like, man, I want something sweet, but I really, really don't want to wreck my diet, I, I don't reach for that Snickers bar. It's not worth it. Reach for a Built Bar because first off, like I mentioned, it tastes great. They have a bunch of new flavors as well, like cookies and cream, caramel brownie, which I'm dying to try, and cherry barchia, which I have just figured out uh, with the help of Eric Ayala is a pun on Jerry Garcia's name. They also have their great flavors that you know from before, like peanut butter brownie, which was my favorite flavor. And they're healthy. It's it's great for the health conscious person who's losing who's looking to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and they're great for a keto diet. I'm not doing a keto diet, but if you are, good for you. And this would be an amazing thing for you to have as a snack. So make sure that you go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked on. You'll get 20% off your next order. Use that promo code locked on so they know you came from us. And to get 20% off your next order of built bars at builtbar.com. Welcome back to Locked On Women's Basketball with Gabe Ibrahim and Amy Audibert. You're my Amy Mondays crew. And just just a reminder. We're not the only podcast on this feed. You got Eric Ayala bringing in, uh, bringing in your shows on Tuesday and Thursday. Uh, she always has great stuff. I believe last week she was doing her, yeah, she did her essential resources um, for WNBA fans, which is a fantastic thing to do to tell you about what um, stuff is out there to read about women's basketball in the off season for WNBA. Most of these places also cover college women's college basketball. She also did her Activism show on Delaware on Thursday, and on last on Friday, uh, Howard Magdell, who's always bringing up the caboose with the Big Friday conversation, he's talking about to Brenda Freeze and Chloe Bibby from Maryland, um, which is the program that is right near me. So I will be, I will have listened to that by now because we're actually recording this on last Friday. And guess what, guys? Guess what, Amy? Amy. Tell it. Next You're Monday good. we're gonna next Monday we're gonna have actual basketball to talk about. Yes. Well, let's hope so. Oh yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> Teams are playing. You know, it's scheduled it's to play. Really quick is that like you know, you've heard some pleas from, from coaches. Just um, first of all, there's a thing going on right now. They're trying to get transfers who are supposed to be in residence this year, which means they have to sit out a year mm-hmm. to let, allow them to play. Because right since this year no one's getting charged a year of eligibility but my point is a lot of the, the, the conversation is about mental health the mental health of the student athletes right now um they need it they, they need this this is their life this is what they do and i know we've all made sacrifices um but i can say when you are a student athlete like you do have a different twitch often from the shoulders up and uh and so yeah like they're playing they they will find a way to play Go oh ahead. yeah they will be playing they will be playing at some yeah. point well 
I don't want to take us completely re- off track here, but it remains to be seen whether all of the scheduled games will be played uh, next week, but with this week on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Actually, I don't think there's anything games on Thursday starting on Friday. Um, so we'll see. But we'll be talking about some sort of basketball on Monday. Either the ones that did, did happen or didn't happen. Right now, we're going to talk about the players to watch in the Pac-12. Um, just just for, for one second. Well, this is not all the players you need to watch in the Pac-12. You should watch all of the players in Pac-12. Every single one of these teams has great players. And frankly, this year, um, with if you're a WNBA fan looking for some draft scouting, you don't actually know who's going to be in the draft because everyone has a free el- year of eligibility. So you got to take in as many inputs as you possibly can. That is my warning to all WNBA fans. Watch as much college basketball as possible. Don't think like, oh, this person's going to be in the draft because they may not be and don't think that, hey, that person's not going to be in the draft because they may be. Maybe. That's- Make sure you get a good like synergy or some kind of, yeah. some kind of software that allows you to, to efficiently keep up on a lot of players. Yes. So these are we're, we're picking one player each to watch in this upcoming Pac-12 women's basketball season. So, Amy, who is your player to watch? All right. So I went very intrigued by a six-foot senior forward from UCLA, mm-hmm. Michaela Onyenwede. Uh, she, yeah. first of all, you know, averaged 19 and just over eight rebounds last year, 10 double doubles. She was a finalist for the Cheryl Miller award. She had a fantastic junior year. And like you said, there's a lot of unknown, but I think when you're, um, when you've got that mindset of McKelly, you've had so much success over your time. Corey Close, head coach at UCLA, has done a fantastic job. Actually, and you know this, Gabe, like when we do our mm-hmm. WNBA prep, how many times do you see UCLA on your paper? A lot of players a come lot. out of UCLA, and um, I think this young lady is is ready in her possibly final year to to really make some noise. And again, I think when you look at obviously Stanford is the big dog, Arizona's knocking on their door, but then those other couple teams really do right. believe, and they should believe that they have an opportunity to compete for a Pac-12 title. And I think Michaela really takes that personal and puts that one on her chest. I'm excited to see what she's able to do this year. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what she's going to do in um, Corey Close is trying to transition her program into being a a more wide open, quote unquote, positionless um, five out offense, which I think for uh, Michaela is going to be a huge boon for her because she's she's the type of wing that just fits so well into our modern basketball by modern. I mean, the, the five out sort of system where she can play inside out. She's a mismatch problem for small for bigger players on the perimeter. She's a mismatch problem for smaller players on the post. Um, and if her game can take another step, I think we're going to be seeing you know one of the best players in the country. She's number seven on Ben Dole's big board. Um, this in the, the WNBA draft big board. Um, and I think you know if she can if she can take a next step, provide some more perimeter play. We're talking about you know top five WNBA draft pick if she decides to come out. And I think what's really going to help her this year is sophomore guard Charisma Osborne. Uh, Mm -hmm. She had a great rookie season. She started 29 of 31 games for the Bruins, averaged 12 and six, but they actually roommate, they're roommates. They live together. You don't often see a sophomore and a senior living together. And and so I think obviously when you are that wing, that type of guard forward position, the, the better tools you have around you, the more successful you'll be. And one more quick note on this program, but right now they only have seven to eight players, which is my biggest concern. They're actually waiting for two Australian rookies 
who are stuck in Australia because of the COVID travel, they're actually, they're not able to get over yet. And, and I was just reading up there, there's actually like in court, um, trying to, to get permission to, to come to school and start playing. So um, we talk about Corey Close. I, I can't imagine the stress right now. The season's starting and you got two of your rookies and uh, Jemmy, Jeb, sorry, Gemma Potter and Izzy Anstey waiting to come play there on the there. Well, I guess it's not the other side of the world because Australia and California, but no. you know what I mean? Like they're waiting. And so, man, I mean, again, it kind of adds that to that layer of the leadership role that Michaela has to take on this season. Well, it's fine. The, the season just starts on Wednesday. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you to the Trump administration for making it so hard for people to come in and out of this country. Moving on <laughs> to my player to watch, Ari McDonald, senior guard from Arizona. Um, you mentioned a lot of players in the WNBA from UCLA. She reminds me of one of them, Jordan Canada. I think yeah. they, they kind of have a similar set of skills um, I'd say the biggest difference to me is that uh, Ari looks a little bit more in control than Canada does. I think Canada's just a little bit more athletic. But McDonald, she was a defensive player of the year last year, and she was only 5'6". And she got that because, you know, she averaged 2.3 steals per game, which is the best in the conference, one of the best in the country, 3.3 steal rate, 98th percentile in the nation. But really, really important, she did it with a very low foul rate, 3.4% foul rate, according to her, her hoop stats, which is solid for a player who's diving in there trying to get as many steals as she was. Her defensive play is really what makes her, um, what makes her team tick, and I think what makes her tick as well. So I, I know she's going to be really strong on the defensive end, and last year she was very solid on the offensive end. I mean, when you look at her total, she averaged – 20.6 points per game. That's 10th best in the nation. She did have really high usage, 36.8% usage, which is the fourth most in the country. I want to see that come down. I want to see her be more efficient, and I want to see her um, shoot better from three. Um, that's asking a lot. These are a lot of questions. But I think if she can bring – if she if all those things happen, she's going to be leading Arizona to where they want to be, uh, proving to people that seven, the number seven ranking – uh, in the preseason polls is correct. And she's going to be a top pick in the WNBA draft because you need point guards. And this is a player who's, who is trending in the way that point guards are going. You know, these kind of fast, these fast point guards who can get in the lane, play bigger than their size and be, get out in transition. So I think shooting better, less turnovers, less usage, we'll see a tremendous leap from her this year. Yeah, I mean, one more time, I'm going to hammer it. She was a finalist for the National Player of the Year. She won the Ann Myers Drysdale Award for the best shooting guard mm -hmm. in the nation. Was the conference defensive player of the year. She's yeah. taking over ball games on both ends. When you want to talk about energy and our intangibles, our energy, our will, our compete level, mm -hmm. she's one of the best players in the entire country on both ends of the court. Like you said, obviously, you're always trying to get better and you're always trying to show improvements. Oh, yeah. But my gosh, you know what this reminded me of? Not, not comparing them as players at all. Sabrina could have left after her junior year mm -hmm. and unfinished business and crazy situation with COVID, and we all know how that went out. But this kind of like, you look at this player who clearly could have left and take, taken that jump last year and decided to come back. And... Uh, with obviously not done, not done. And clearly there's one thing they are chasing 
And that is, I mean, you want a a national championship. I mean, you start with the Pac-12 regular season, then you get the Pac-12 tournament. These are realistic things on their their board. Uh, Their head coach, Adia Barnes, (laughs) taking to Twitter to find games (laughs) (laughs) right now. I mean, I don't know if you saw that, Gabe, but they only have one preseason game set up right now because there are two other games they had to pull out and drop out. And so... Again, you, you just you look at the potential here. You look at the players, obviously led by one of the best players in the country. Um, certainly a national player of the year candidate early on. Mm-hmm. But they now they can't find ball games because COVID. And, and so when we talked about earlier about COVID, doesn't, this, this virus doesn't care if you're one or 300. In the, they don't care what your national ranking. Like They don't care that Arizona is supposed to have this great season led by one of the best players who can't is having trouble finding ball games right now. Yeah. You know, and, and that's unfortunately that's going to be the reality of this, hopefully just this season. But here's where we are. Yeah. And right now, as you mentioned, so their first scheduled games on December 4th against UCLA. No team in the country <laughs> wants to do that. No team in the country wants that's to go crazy. up. Like, that's against crazy. Ju- exactly. So we'll, we'll see, though. I mean, you know, if there's anyone that can get over that challenge, I think it's, it's Ari McDonald. Um, and speaking of Sabrina. Last year in the Pac-12 semifinal, I want to remind everyone, Ari McDonald put 34 points on Sabrina mm-hmm. in that game. So this is this, this is a a superstar in the making, and I'm I'm excited to see uh, how she's going to take that next step in her career. Okay, we're going to go long on this podcast. We normally do that. It, it who cares? <laughs> um, but next segment, every team we have not mentioned. So let me see how many teams that is. There's a lot. Uh, there's a lot of teams. There's a lot of teams we're going to have to mention in the lightning round. And this is great for me because all I do is sit back and say, hey, Amy, tell me about this team. And Amy has nuggets for us to keep it locked right here on Locked On Women's Basketball. Last segment here on Locked On Women's Basketball Pack 12 preview uh which we are recording on friday which happens to be the first day of nba free agency and want to remind you to listen to locked on nba on mondays right after you finish our podcast of course always listen to us first then you can go over to locked on nba because josh lloyd host of the wildly popular locked on fantasy basketball takes you around the nba's major headlines with the help of our local experts subscribe to the locked on nba podcast today wherever you get your podcast. Okay, let's get into the lightning round. I said last week that I was going to put in some sound under Amy, and then I just it didn't work out. So I'm not going to do that this week, but we're going to move fast. We're going to move fast, I promise you. Amy's going to give us a nugget or two on each of the teams that are remaining in this conference that we have not talked about extensively, and uh, we left a lot on the table for Amy in this segment. We've only talked about Stanford, Arizona, Oregon, and UCLA leaving eight teams in the conference for Amy to give us nuggets about. Amy, are you ready for the lightning round? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's start off right here with Oregon State. Yeah, this team is fun. Their head coach, Scott Ruick, is a pretty fun guy, and he will tell you he has 12 solid three-point shooters. So that's the type of style they want to play. Probably a mm-hmm. lot of run and gun. They're led by senior guard Aliyah Goodwin. She is a sharpshooter. Already 193s, three-pointers made, number four all-time at Ohio State, at or at Oregon State, an absolute yeah. assassin. But, I mean, let's not mistake, though. They are 
they are now moving forward without Destiny Slocum and Michaela mm-hmm. Pivik. Michaela got drafted, Destiny transferred. So um, they do, they, they're, they got some leadership voids that they're going to have to fill. Um, they also do have another McDonald's All-American coming in and Sasha Goforth. It'll be interesting to see what happens at that, at that point guard position, which, as we all know in basketball, is one of the most important positions. You need some good minutes there at all times. Okay, moving on, we're going in uh, order of the, of the Pac-12 women's basketball preseason media poll. Uh, let's go to Arizona State Sun Devils. What's happening with them? Head coach Charlie Turner Thorne will tell you this is the younger, youngest team she's ever coached. I don't know how right. how great that makes you feel going in, but they do have <laughs> high expectations. Listen, they this is they just came off their her seventh twenty plus win season in a row, so she knows wow. how to get some immediate results. They do have a top five recruiting class. Um, they did graduate one of their better players in Riley Richardson and a nice senior class, but. So uh, some players have to step up that maybe didn't have to fill roles last year. And, and I believe uh, a cornerstone for them is going to be junior Iris Umbelito. I mean, she only averaged three and three last three points, three rebounds. So she's going to have to jump up and have a lot more production, but uh, this is one of those teams that isn't kind of in that top, you know, top four, uh, top four, I can't get my words right here. Four of the top <laughs> 10 teams in the country, but I do believe that, that, that they feel that throughout the season they can progress and, and get up there as well on the national stage. See, if, if people want to say clutch time doesn't matter in basketball, listen to this segment because Amy is one of the best talkers we have here in women's basketball, and we're moving fast. And the, and the time – I'm stumbling, Gabe. I'm stumbling. Clutch time. Clutch time will get you. Let's, 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 let's ease up. Let's ease up. Let's talk about – the women of Troy, the USC Trojans, picked to finish seventh in the conference. Um, tell me something about tell me about tell me about USC this year. Yeah, head coach Mark Track has got to be you know zero seniors, right? So again, mm-hmm. another really young team. However, my low key player to watch, Alyssa Peely. Okay, she was okay. the conference freshman. Pac-12 freshman player of the year last year. She averaged sixteen and eight. She is a tank, and I say that in a compliment. You see Alyssa walking in the gym, and she is undersized. She's a six-foot forward in a conference that really studs six-one guards. Mm-hmm. But she uses her body. She is a bully. She doesn't back down, and she is so fun to watch. And, and in their media day, she did say she's been working on her perimeter and her three ball. I don't know how much coach is going to want her to mm-hmm. float out there. But uh, and to me, I think USC, again, another team that knocking on the door believes they can kind of climb up into that top four, five, um, but they've got to get healthy, right? This is a team that, again, had to take those two weeks off. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see what happens. But Alyssa Peely, that's the jersey I'd be buying this year. And she, jersey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, freshman of the year. And she's also, I mean, this team is also dealing with local restrictions like Stanford, like we mentioned. Like, mm-hmm. they, they're they a little bit behind the eight ball um, in, in terms of working out indoors. Okay, moving on to the Utah Utes. Um, if you're an old head like me, it's still weird to see Utah in the Pac-12, but g- give me something on Utah. Yeah, so Lynn Roberts in her sixth season returns 10 players, so exactly the opposite of Arizona State and USC. Yeah. Um, four of her five top scores from last year as well. And, and they finished 6-12 and 12 last season, but um, we will say this a couple more times in the next couple minutes. This is a tough conference to win basketball game so six wins not too bad of course they're going to want to continue to climb up and they've got freshman brenna maxwell so a freshman last year she's a three-point specialist who 
now in her sophomore season will tell you she did really when you're pegged as a three-point specialist and a long-range assassin what do you do you work on getting off the dribble and so she's going to have to apply that to break down a couple more layers of defense but they do return some experience and some confidence in scoring in this conference all right another california team let's talk about the california golden bears yeah sharman smith in her second year uh, at, at the round there mm-hmm. but listen um, at the helm Three wins versus top 25 teams last season. Again, that's because you play against some of the best teams in the country. But if you get three of those wins in your first year as a head coach, you've got to be, feel pretty excited about going into your second. Now, um, they do have six freshmen coming in, a top 10 recruiting class in the country, uh, highlighted by McDonald's All-American Delayla Daniels. Uh, but uh, so <laughs> as I say that, those six freshmen, those three wins against the yeah. top 25 season, you, you got to go, okay, new squad you know yep. good but new and sophomore eveline this is a tough one licha shipwalt who i averaged six and six last year did i get that one right gabe i, I don't see. i don't know <laughs> okay i'm gonna i'm gonna look it up yeah um uh, six and six last year so definitely going to need that increased production but you have to be excited if your head coach is Sharman Smith, because she has the fire, she has the electricity, she's bringing in top recruits in the country. And unfortunately for everyone else, when you're playing in the Pac-12, that's what you have to do, right? You have to bring in great recruits who are ready to go. Yeah, I can't find the pronunciation. And we're in the lightning round, so we have no time, no time to stop. All right, uh, we're moving into the bottom three teams in this conference, according to the preseason media poll. The Colorado Buffalo, another team, uh, Colorado Buffaloes, the, uh, another team that I still don't really think is in the Pac-10 or the Pac-12, but it's been a long time. I should get used to it. Tell me something <laughs> about Colorado. Yeah, so Coach Payne, uh, she's got to be excited about returning uh, Jalen Sherrod. She was a freshman last year, She's so she's our point guard. And freshman mm-hmm. point guard last year, and you get excited when you find somewhat success at that position as a freshman. She had 152 assists last year but what's better is now she's a sophomore so she has that year under her belt she has experience again is this a team that i believe is going to be able to beat a stanford or an arizona i i don't but i think that they are they do have an upward uh what's the word i'm trying trajectory yeah there you go i haven't had my coffee yet trajectory and uh (laughs) and of course it starts from the top down so a great coach coach Payne, and of course um i think they're led by Jalen sherrard all right uh moving moving to the the uppermost teams in the Pac-12 will start with Washington. Whew, okay, Jody Wynn in her fourth season there. Last season they had they finished five and thirteen in the conference, which might not sound too flashy, but it is their most win conference win totals in the last three seasons. So this is a team that Coach Neighbors, who is now in the mm-hmm. SEC at Arkansas. Kelsey Plum, that era when they were one of the top teams, right? Flashy teams in the mm-hmm. country, they're having to rebuild. And so every year they are continuing to, to get a couple more wins and a couple more wins. Can't stress it enough. A couple more wins in the Pac-12 is a big deal. Yeah. And so they're going to be led by their junior forward, Haley Van Dyke, eight and five last season. But you need a little bit more. Yeah. No, no. Hopefully I can find it. And, you know, like you mentioned, I think incremental improvements – here, when we're talking about, you know, the Utahs, the Colorados, the Washington, that's what you're looking for. You know, Rome's not built in a day. College basketball programs are not built in a day. It takes a while to build up. Speaking of a team that wants to build up, Washington State, um, they were picked last in the Pac-12 
by a large margin. So Washington was the 11th rated team in this conference, and they got 53 points in the media pool. Washington State's last with 27 points in the media pool. So tell me something good about Washington State. Make us feel good about the Cougs. Well, listen, if you're Cammie Etheridge and her squad, you don't pay attention to that stuff. What are our goals? What are the things that we need to get done this season? How do we get better? And and I know we're talking about good stuff, but what, what's tough for them is that they've lost the all-time leading scorer at their school who graduated last year, Bobby Buckets from mm-hmm. Belgium. One point under 1,700 points in her career. So they've lost her, which means there is now a tremendous opportunity for other players to step up and score. And I don't think there's a lot of pressure from the outside world, right? It's internally finding your offense, getting younger players comfortable with having the ball in their hands, scoring up and sorry, stepping up and hitting big shots, but they do have red shirt senior crystal legger Walker. And I think that her role is going to be tremendous this year to, to, again, you just, you want to go, you want to compete. You never know. Like you, you just, you, especially this season, I always say we show up to play the game because we don't know what's going to happen. And, and this season, that's amplified. We really don't know who's showing up on, on any given day. And, and so this is one of those programs that certainly has to evaluate success internally. Yeah. And her sister is a freshman on the team. Grad Trude Sr. Uh, and freshman, both on the same team for Washington State. So we are very much looking forward to the Pac-12 season, which somehow starts on Wednesday. Um, we hope you guys tune in. Next week, we're going to be talking about some real basketball as well as previewing some programs in a different way because we will not have enough time to do all the stuff we did on this show when there's actual basketball happening. But, guys, remember just to, just to subscribe. Leave us a rating or review. Let us know what we're doing right. Let us know what we're doing wrong. If you have any problems with us, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Gabe underscore Ibrahim. And Amy is at Amy Otterberg. And, and if you have something nice to say, that'd be fantastic too. But regardless <laughs> of what you – regardless – Just keep it locked here at Locked On Women's Basketball. We will talk to you guys next week. Have a happy Thanksgiving.